Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. It is politics done right. I want to thank PDR Posse member Michael Rudnan for this one. I think it's important because what it does is it goes ahead and it puts to rest the idea that somehow these conservative judges on the Supreme Court can, with their, their, their sense of textualism, their sense of conservatism, their sense of reading the letter of the law out of the Constitution, whether it's valid or not, they claim that is the reasons they change things like, um, uh, overturning the abortion law in the, in the Dobbs decision because why again? The Constitution never really gave that right. Uh, they are textualists. They are going to believe in what the Constitution said. Well, now that the Supreme Court has a, or rather now that the Constitution, that 14th Amendment in the Constitution, will they honor it? Will they honor it? You know, so they said, well, maybe it doesn't apply to the president. Hogwash. When it was established in the 1800s, they had that distinct discussion, office, uh, an office of the United States government. The presidency is one of those offices. Check this out. Take it on the other side. Multiple lower courts have already ruled that Trump himself did personally engage in insurrection. But a core question at issue here is for whom this insurrection clause was really intended. Which offices count? Which officers count? Was it intended for presidents and presidential candidates, or are they somehow exempted? Now, the Colorado Supreme Court, state Supreme Court, goes a long way towards resolving what the authors of this amendment were thinking about when they wrote this, whether they specifically intended this amendment, this Section 3 of this amendment, as a guardrail against presidents and potential presidents who engaged in insurrection. The state Supreme Court did some very, very deep research to make the case that, yes, this sure does apply to presidents and presidential candidates. And to that end, among the best and deepest cuts cited in this ruling is this one. It is a conversation between two senators in the year 1866 as they were literally writing the 14th Amendment. Senator Reverdy Johnson worried that the final version of Section 3 did not include the office of the presidency. He stated, this amendment does not go far enough because past rebels may be elected president or vice president of the United States. So he asked, why did you omit to exclude them? I do not understand them to be excluded from the privilege of holding the two highest offices in the gift of the nation. Senator Lott Morrill fielded this objection. He replied, let me call the senator's attention to the words or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States. This answer satisfied Senator Johnson, who stated, hmm, perhaps I am wrong as to the exclusion from the presidency. No doubt 
I am. The senators who literally wrote the 14th Amendment specifically meant for it to apply to the presidency. It does not get any more originalist than that, my friends, and that is exactly the point here. Adam Serwer argues in The Atlantic today that this ruling from the Colorado State Supreme Court is going to put the court's conservatives between a rock and a hard place. The court's conservative justices often justify their decisions through the legal philosophy of originalism, or trying to interpret what the founders meant when they wrote the Constitution. Serwer writes that this Colorado Supreme Court ruling is calling the bluff of the U.S. Supreme Court's originalists, forcing its conservative justices to choose between their purported legal philosophy and the partisan interests of the party with which they identify. So it would seem. Now, Trump has until January 4th to appeal the Colorado State Supreme Court decision, and his campaign says it plans to. And when that happens, it will put the issue on hold until the Supreme Court makes its decision, meaning Trump will likely be on the Colorado Republican primary ballot, but whether he appears on the general election ballot in Colorado and potential, potentially in any other states that could follow Colorado's lead, all of that will rest once again in the hands of the Supreme Court. It's clear, folks. It is clear. From a constitutional point of view, Donald Trump must be removed from the possibility of ever being president of the United States again. Folks may say some people will get upset. That may be the truth. But did we get upset when Donald Trump won with less than a popular vote? Yes, we did. But we didn't go ahead and destroy the nation. We followed the Constitution. Did we get upset when Al Gore lost to Bush with the Electoral College, even as he won the popular vote? Yes, we were upset. But again, we followed the Constitution and we should this time again. Recently, I appeared on WAOK in Atlanta on the Gwendolyn uh, Stokes on Point show. I want you guys to listen to this uh, exchange that we had with not only her, but with her audience on the Israeli conflict and a, and a few other things. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. When the Israeli uh, government is trying to move forward in terms of, as they would say, trying to protect uh, their land and protect their people. So as this continues to just kind of increase over the last time, there's also video and footage showing uh, a lot of the Gaza hospitals that are being bulldozed, uh, actually, by uh, Israeli uh, officials there. And of course, you know, as they're checking into it, they're driving and running all of the residents there in the Gaza Strip out. And of course, when they look at a lot of the hospitals, when they look at uh, a lot of the things that have been destroyed, uh, they're saying this conflict really is not going to go away because it is intensifying. I mean, we're seeing, you know, the red bulldozers crashing into tents, bystanders, you know, are screaming, and it's just ongoing, you know, that fight and that conflict there uh, in the Middle East. Uh, how do you describe this, um, Egberto, as a crisis. Well, How would you describe let me, it as a crisis? Yeah. Can you hear me? Let me just, yes. let me, let me just say first, first okay. of all, uh, you just mm -hmm. mentioned something very important. You mentioned a whole 
set of tunnels that's been driven yeah. 60 feet deep, all that sort of thing you just mentioned. Uh, you are a very smart woman. You know that, that that's tons and tons of dirt on, of yeah. refuse. You know, we built the Panama Canal back in the 1914s. We rebuilt it back in the 2000s. And the amount of dirt that you have to get rid of you know yes. where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. How can Israel, the country that has all these drones, all these things that keep Gaza and the West Bank under surveillance all of the times, how can these tunnels not have been known about? They knew about this. They knew about all these things that were happening. The thing about it is what Israel needed is causation to annihilate Gaza and subsequently the West Bank. Because if you look at the last map that uh, Netanyahu puts out, there's no room for Gaza. There's no room for uh, for uh, for the West Bank. And if you look at the charter for the Likud party, it's not Rashida Talib who is saying from the river to the sea, though she said it. It is their platform written in their platform that Israel existence is from the river, meaning the Jordan River, the Mediterranean. So we have to be honest in America if we want to really take, look, I I, I I have Jewish relatives, Jewish friends, everything, and most of us are in same, in, in, on, on the same par. What Netanyahu is doing along with Biden is absolutely wrong. What Netanyahu is doing in Gaza is genocide. And we have folks like myself who are originally from Panama, Central America. We know what that looks like because Bush looking for Manuel Antonio Noriega, he bombed out the holy, you know what, out of Panama City, Chorillo, Colón, and David, killing thousands of Panamanians for one person. So Israel is just following a good template. I see, I see. And, and, and of course, you know, the relationship that Biden has with them. Uh, what, are you, what is your stand on that? We'll go to break and we'll come back and talk more about it. Join the conversation, 404-726-1380. It's News to Talk, 1380, WAOK. Elaborate just a little bit more about the relationship, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with the Biden administration and, and the Israeli government. Yeah, let let me first tell you, um, with all that's going on in the country right now, I and I want your audience to know this because we are an existential part of I mean, time in our country. There's under no circumstances I'm going to be voting for a Trump or a third party. I will be voting for Biden, not for Biden, but because existentially the, the, the country needs it. Now, Biden is making a fool of himself. Biden is uh, doing uh, when Netanyahu, when Biden served under Obama, Netanyahu came to the United States and snubbed the Obama Biden administration. He has always had contempt for both Obama and Biden. When uh, when Israel got a terrorist attack, 12, about 1,200 people got murdered. True. That's a fact. That's a bad thing. That's a horrendous thing. The first thing we did, or Biden did, was to go over to Israel and hug Netanyahu. Netanyahu didn't come to us and hugged us in our despair mm-hmm. at all. That's, that's number one. Number two, uh, we have the Biden administration trying to get billions of dollars in excess of the $3.8 billion that we send to Israel every year. He wants to give them $14 billion and in the process pay eight. I want your listeners to hear this, Ms. Stokes. 
We are paying $8,000 plus for each army shell. We just ordered over 15,000 of them. So our bombs going to Israel to kill Palestinians in Gaza, we are going to pay the defense industrial complex $8,000 per bomb. I want you to go through Atlanta as I go through Houston, as we go through other places where we don't have any of these politicians, whether federally, local, or state, doing anything positive to look at our homeless problem, our unhoused problem as an existential problem, as a real serious matter. But we are willing to pay $8,000 for a bomb that costs under $1,000 to give to another country to annihilate another people that we consider less than. Do you understand why so many people around the world uh, don't like us? And it's not that they don't like us as Americans. They love us as Americans. They love our culture. They love our vibrancy. But they hate what our government uh, does and the government doesn't our name. The thing of the matter is all this money is not going per se to Israel. It's going to the cronies that, that are building the bombs, building the tanks, building the missiles here in the United States to then pass on to Israel freely to then go murder 20, so far now, 20,000 innocent Palestinians. We have to open our eyes as Americans, and not allow the military-industrial complex, not allow a criminal like Netanyahu and others to really ask us to see things that aren't there. They're asking us to say, look at what they've done to these, these, uh, is these innocent Israelis, a bad thing. Yeah, but yeah. then they were, they were a terrorist organization, Ms. Stokes. They were a terrorist organization. But what if they're a terrorist organization killing 1,200 people, what is Israel killing 20,000 people, children, women, men, pastors, reporters, all killed by our bombs? Dumped Absolutely. Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't mean? balance out. It, it doesn't balance out. It, it's not right. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. I've got Gideon on the line. Gideon, welcome. Go right ahead with your question or comment. Yes, uh, thank you for allowing me to speak. When we talk about America and imperialism, I think historically we'll see that many nations have done horrendous acts of violence and war when it comes to taking land, people, because that's why black people here in this country, we were taken. Do you see black people being in the uh, future, having being attacked similarly like the people in Gaza and the type of horrendous war that's taking place on people who don't even have a military? So we in America are similarly, we don't have a military. We've been co-opted into America's military. Do you see some of the same things in the future happening to black people in America? And you mentioned Noriega. America trained him and profited from him and then turned around and killed him. So do you believe that in America, black people who have been used by this country and are continuing to be used, but do really don't have an economic base, do we don't produce anything, do you see the same things in the future for black people in this country that's happening in Gaza 
and in Palestine. Brother, uh, well, Miss Stokes, should I answer that now? Yeah, go right ahead. Brother, very smart question, but I want to rephrase it a, a bit differently because um, I, I like to uh, I like to tell folks I don't believe in race. I don't believe in. Uh, but what I do realize is that we live in a racialized country where race has been used as a tool. Its formation was through on the backs of black people. Black people were used as that tool. And the reason why blacks were specifically used is that they could delineate black slaves from white indentured servants. They didn't want that coalition built. It's important for us to start looking at things differently so that we can build the proper coalitions to beat the system. The system isn't a black and white system. The black and white thing is a tool, okay? Uh, and I, and I, I'll posit a question to you, my brother. We know that Trump is an existential problem to black people. That's what many of us think, to people of color, not just black people of color, etc. I want you to name me one one active, popular, black billionaire or black multimillionaire that have that you have heard come out in this great fear and debate we have for having Trump back in or this great big debate about what how we're spending our money in Israel or this great debate of any of these things. I haven't heard Oprah. I haven't heard Beyonce. I haven't heard Jay-Z. Any of our billionaires come out and say we are going to invest in 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 activist organizations that are going to mobilize people to make sure that somebody like Trump doesn't stay in power. The only person that of great stature that has a lot of money that I've heard come out and do that is somebody many of us like to laugh at. And that is a young, uh, 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 I can't remember her name now that, that I'm on the spot, but a young, young, young girl. But if, so when we when we look at the black white issue and what they're going to do for us, the coalition that I try to build right now is telling folks we're all slaves now, baby. Uh, some just don't realize they are yet. But we're all slaves now to the system that you talk about, brother, that imperialist system that you talk about, that capitalist system that you talk about. We're all its slaves, just different levels of gradation. And when we when we start analyzing things in such a manner that we don't look at it from the black and white thing creates friction. It makes you hate your white brother. It makes their white brother hate you. And while we are hating on each other, the billionaires of every race or ripping us all off. And that is a strategic kind of thinking that we have to change to. Mm -hmm. I guess that's why it's a lot of talk about changing the mindset. Kenny, uh, thanks for holding. Go right ahead. Our guest is on the line. Kenny. Hello. Uh, how you doing? Hi. All right. I'm going to be quick. Uh, what Israel is doing is not self-defense. Now, self-defense has a limit. In America, the Ku Klux Klan is a white Christian terrorist group, and they kill and terrorize black people for 100 years. It would have been wrong to blame all white people for the actions of the Klan, but if you look at the Israel and the U.S. government, they're trying to blame all Palestinians for the actions of Hamas. Now, when you bomb in hospitals, schools, and homes, that's not self-defense. When you cut off electricity and gas and you force a million people into homelessness, that's not self-defense. Now, I would never vote for Hitler, and I would never vote for Stalin. Joe Biden is helping Israel commit genocide. Now, why would I vote for, I wouldn't, I'm not going to vote for Biden or Trump. Now, I can't vote for a man that's committing genocide. We all see this now. I know Joe Biden is committing genocide. I know he's helping Israel bomb schools and hospitals. I'm going to vote for him anyway. 
I, I can't do that. My my morality don't let me vote for people that commit. May, may, I, may I may I answer that, sir? Yes, sir. Okay, and let me let me put it this way: You are not voting for Biden. When we have to stop thinking that we're voting for a person, we're we're voting for our interest, and our interest, while not to kill Palestinians, our interest, however is to ensure that somebody that gets in power is not going to hurt you, your brother, your mother, your sister, or anybody else. So my thing is, when I'm voting for Biden, I'm not voting for Biden. I'm voting my interest. And I will do whatever it takes thereafter to curb what Biden is doing in Israel. But I know there's, I know which side I have the ability to bend. And I know one thing is if I, if I get one particular side over, if you watch the way Trump have people walking lockstep and fearful of him, you see, I'm from Panama. I understand the concept of what the judges that just said he couldn't be in Colorado and what's happening to them. If we allow that to metastasize or if we allow that kind of a fear to occur in our country, you and I, brother, anybody with a, any kind of a hue, You've got a problem. We are going to have a problem because, again, the fear that I see the people that are currently sick offense to Donald Trump is something that if we allow him and if we allow those people's fear to be metastasized, it's going to spread like a cancer. We'll go to break. We'll be back right here on News and Talk 1380 WAOK. Our special guest on the line uh, with us now, Egberto uh, Willis, host of Politics Done Right. Uh, Jahan, welcome. Our guest is on the line. Mr. Willis, go right ahead. Uh, well, good day to both of you. Good day. Um, hi, my friend. I, um, I, I have a... I don't see us as slaves. I have an issue with the concept. I, I think we're clearly free people, but we're scared people. I mean, I think that that uh, the people are afraid to lose some people, not all. Some people are afraid to lose um, economically, educationally friendship-wise, support. I think that that's, I think that's the issue. That's the language that I would use to figure out how to get people to understand that their values, their, their initial values uh, are greater than the loss, the loss of some material or some position. Because clearly these people dominate by fear. They dominate by fear. You know what I mean? What they're doing now to the, the president of um, of Harvard is they, they put their machine in place right away to research every aspect of a, every aspect of our history to find out something that they could use to counter her. And I think that what we don't understand or what we clearly don't want to understand is that these people will go to the extent, to every extent, for their position, even kill. So if we are not in a position or choose not to fight fire with fire to whatever extent we have to, then we'll remain under these people in their domination, and history has shown that. This is the first time European people have stole stole people and stole a land 
mass murdered people and mass murdered land. This is not the first time. And for us not to point that out for fear of losing friendship among some white people or losing their support because we want to tell the, the truth of history, then that's the risk that we have to take. We, 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 we dominate them population-wide, worldwide. The problem is they've established this degree of fear in millions of us. And if we never stand up, then history is going to show that we're going to be in this condition forever. Because those people, they don't change. They haven't changed. I mean, and I'm not saying every one of them, but I'm saying the dominant, the dominant factor among those people and the support they get, the silence and the support they get from the vast majority of their people, and historically proves that they will rob a whole continent and enslave a whole people for 245 years and watch the abuse. So for them to watch 37 days or 72, 76 days of abuse, this is not new. This is not abnormal for them. So I don't know. I, don't, I just I have an issue with the term that we're slaves or, or we're going to be slaves. No, we're not slaves. We're free people. We just refuse to exercise the right and the, 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 the attributes of free people. And sometimes that requires you to go to to areas brother, that we're not comfortable going to. May I answer you, my brother, and let me explain what I say. Um, I, I should have better defined slavery. I have now, I've, I've, in, in my program, I retooled it as antiseptic slavery because it has all the features. There's a phrase that I use on my, on my program and, and, and to kind of illustrate this. When we were slaves, we were property. When we were property, we had to be clothed. We had to be, we had to be, uh, they had to give us health care of some form because you want your property working. You want that machine working. You had to be fed because you had to give that machine the fuel. That's who we were. I'm talking about people of color who were slaves. But something more efficient came within the capitalist structure, and that was called the employee. We tell you where to work. We tell you what to do. I'm not talking to management class here. We tell you what to do, what to work, what to wear. We don't, we don't even have to invest in your health care. We don't have to invest in, your, in anything about you because at this point, we have made you into a widget. You are now expendable. It's antiseptic slavery. What that means, it's, it looks beautiful. You mentioned in the narrative that you just gave. You said we are dominated because we are f afraid to make a move. We're dominated. That is what the slave is, something that's dominated. Now, uh, you can have the rebellion. The slaves can have the rebellion to get their freedom. Uh, I'd like to also take issue with the black-white thing, right? I, I, I understand how the concept works that they really try to make it a black white issue a other color issue which in the aggregate it looks that way the reason earlier i brought up about our black powerhouses being quiet on the issue is that they have been assimilated into the system the power structure of the system that dominates you even look at yet a few days ago, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, who is the leader of the the leader of of the entire Democrats in the House. If you heard his speech defending Israel, that should tell you all. 
And that's what I'm talking about. That what I'm what I'm I'm basically saying is that first of all, we 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 are we're Africans or people, black people that became slaves. And I think that that mindset needs to be put there. That gives us the strength to fight. I think when you describe the economic system of America, where if I go to work and uh, I'm a slave, I'm not a slave if I go to work. No, no, no. I go to work and I'm I'm Mm -hmm. working. But that's what you said. You said. No, 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 no. I think what I I call it antiseptic slavery, because what I'm trying to do, my friend, yeah. What I'm trying to do is the following. I'm trying to equate because there are other there are other economic systems, right? That makes it where where you work, you partake of your spoils. Okay? Yeah. But yeah. the way we work right now, we are told what to do. Uh, they make a big profit, they walk off with it. That's your excess labor that somebody walks mm-hmm. off with. What I try to talk about is how we've been so, all of us have been so indoctrinated into this current mm-hmm. economic system that we yeah. don't see it. But you don't, you don't see any, any good, say for instance, if I own a business and I treat my employees fair because I deal with the economic system in America, mm-hmm. I do the things that you say we don't do. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea that the boss tells you what to do, that's not abnormal. That should be, it's his company. The company needs to be run a certain way long as he's not telling you anything to dehumanize yourself or hurt yourself. I'm just having a problem with the concepts because I get what it. we do I know. is we also feed, we feed, um, uh, 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 we feed a mindset among our people that there's something against working. You know no, what no, I mean? No, and, no, 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 oh, no, 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 sir. No, sir. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. And what you just, what you just named, what you just named, you're a good employer. You treat your person right. Not everybody wants to be an employer. Some people right. want to, to, you know, not everybody. So no, I, I am with you. I'm with the sole proprietors. I'm with the, the, my problem is with the corporate structure that people who makes money on your labor, the corporate structure says, I have a company divided into stocks and, and these other pieces. Somebody goes ahead and sell these stocks who have nothing to do with the creation of the labor and they profit from it when and so no no we, I, I'm pretty sure if we had more time to be have an extensive yeah. discussion we would be on the same page oh, well thank you I don't want to take up any more time thank you Wanda all right thank you yeah thank you John we'll we'll go to break we'll be back right here on News and Talk 1380 WAOK News and Talk 1380 WAOK she's your sister girl and friend on point with Wanda Stokes live well win well on News and Talk 1380 WAOK welcome to on point with Wanda Wanda Stokes, do you have a question or comment for our guests? Oh uh, yes, uh, I want. I would like to say uh, with the whole thing um, with this uh, um, genocide of the uh, Palestinian men, women, children, doctors, and the torture and the killings and the discrimination and the, and the humiliation that they go through, uh, caused by uh, Israel and the United States. Uh, I'm not going to vote for I'm not going to vote for Biden or anybody connected to Biden, and I'm definitely not going to vote for Trump. But the thing about it is, the, the Zionist uh, machine controls both political parties, uh, Democrats and uh, Republicans, from from the from the from its from it, from its inception, basically. And the thing, like you mentioned from Panama, during the um, like you mentioned, you're from Panama, and if you noticed uh, during the Panamanian War with Noriega. Uh, America was uh, testing new weapons in Panama, and they were dropping it on the on the uh, the Afro uh, uh, the Afro Panamanian people. 
uh, it wasn't the white ones, it was the black ones, it was the black areas, it was the poor areas. And also with the whole Israeli state uh, or illegal occupation, America, America destabilized all of the of the uh, Latin American countries, and where America kind of held back, it led the Israeli uh, assassins and uh, contractors go in and, and kill and assassinate people throughout Latin America with uh, Allende and uh, Chile and uh, a lot of other countries. Uh, Israel is responsible for the destabilization, along with American uh, help to destabilize the, the Contras and the Sandinistas and all that. So the thing about it is this thing goes much deeper. And even when uh, the, the so-called um, Holocaust, those same uh, uh, Jews out of um, Europe, they went, the, they, they did like they did weapons funnel, funneling through Panama to go ahead and create the Nakba, which is the, uh, the catastrophe that they did to kill the Palestinians in 1948 to start Israel. Um, first of all, let me just tell John Lynn, you have a very informed audience. I mean, I, I just I just want to say that that yes, you found they out are. that uh, I mean that you could tell me in Panama where and where they bombed and that they actually tested out. Actually, it was a stealth bomber. That's not the bomber, the stealth fighter that they tested in Panama at the Quince Pisos in Colón. So, I mean, I mean, I am just blown away by your what you just said. I have a tiny disagreement. The Holocaust is real. Jews have been persecuted age over age, but not because one particular group was persecuted means that uh, that gives them free, free, free base to go persecute some other group. And likewise, uh, if, if we follow the tenet of Israel that says God gave us Israel, uh, the, the natives in America could say God gave us this land, America go home. So, I mean, uh, you know, so there are a lot of different things that we have to look at from a practical standpoint, man, but I, I am blown away that, that you follow the Allende and all that kind of stuff that I thought only the political fiends did. Um, now, when it comes to the vote, however, my brother, the one thing that I say is that when I vote, I am not voting the person. I am voting my best interest. And 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 if somebody says I am, and this is, and I say this to you respectfully, sir, if you say you're not voting for Biden and you're not voting for uh, for for Trump and many others adopt that method. And let's say they vote for Kennedy or they vote for uh, uh, one of the other third parties, which gives the the, the standard 40 percent that Trump will always get because of that sect of the country that is really I'm not going to say what they really are, but that sect of the country. In effect, you are electing Donald Trump. So when I say I, per, I, I vote my interest. I'm not voting Biden because I like Biden. I'm voting Biden because it is my interest based on the, all the dominoes that would fall dependent on who become the president of the United States. In other words, it's not an emotional vote. It is an actual vote based on what's in our best interest. And I say that uh, respectfully. I understand what you're saying, but the problem is, sir, the Zionists control both parts of, I agree. The, uh, of, of uh, the political parties in America. And the Zionists also control most of the international and multi-level, uh, multi-level, uh, multi-international corporations. Yeah, go ahead. May I interrupt you? I, I, because I don't want people to mistake Zion, what Zionists do with our Jewish brothers and sisters. Remember, we've got to get a coalition here that actually works. Yeah. And there yeah. are bad people in 
Israel, but most of the people in Israel are good. There are bad people in Gaza and, and the West Bank. Most of them are good. And we want to have all the good things. And there's a lot of anti-Semitic people that would go out there and say, well, the Jews control this and the Jews control. I don't want to go there. What I want to go is what are the coalitions we can build to actually take over? Now, what you're saying, if you listen to Hakeem Jeffries yesterday, you can see that Hakeem Jeffries is bought by, by the, by the APAC. That is a group right. that Israel control. Right. You can see he's purchased and bought by APAC, but he's what we got right now until we progressives and others with, with, with a, a, a solid mindset are able to deprogram those who actually believe in the crap that all these other people still believe in. But we need smart folks like yourself and many others doing the right thing to build these coalitions to make changes, in my humble opinion. Thanks a lot. Stay healthy, stay connected, stay on point. Uh, you know, Egberto, what do you say about the Palestinians in terms of, uh, you know, their role? Do you see any wrong on that side? Uh, yeah, the, the, the t- look, let, let me ask you this, uh, Miss Miss Stokes. If you were on a piece of land and decade after decade, you have been pushed out of it violently. You've been your home have been blown up, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to create a culture of war because you are going to want revenge for what for the dead. Those twenty thousand dead people in Palestine, mm-hmm. some of them are going to want revenge. They will never forget that bomb that killed their parents, their mothers, their daughters. And so years down that. the road, then we will we may even see this resurface again. Of course it will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. Absolutely. And that, is, that is normal behavior. Now, what we need is we need to create structures that say we don't need the tit for tat. In other words, look, suppose look, suppose that South African black folks decided to go tit for tat. Mm-hmm. Normally, it doesn't work like that. Most people are willing to say all the bad things that have been done in your name, all the bad things that's been done in my name. We have to put a stop on it and stop talking about gradation of, of, of pain and move forward. And that is what, it, what we have to work towards. What Netanyahu and Biden are doing is a far cry from what we could achieve if we use that. Well, if we use the 1,200 dead Israelis as a catalyst to get something started, as opposed to destroying the entire Gaza Strip, it would have been much better for humanity than what's being occurring, what's occurring right now. I agree. I agree. Thank you so much for sharing with us and giving us your insight. How can people follow you and stay connected uh, to you as well on social media? Absolutely. Please go to politicsdoneright.com and you can find everything that you that you can about our uh, what we do, what this, the, the programs that we have at politicsdoneright.com. If you want to watch us live, politicsdoneright.tv. But politicsdoneright.com is where you, you would start from. And I appreciate uh, you giving me the option to be here on your program. Yeah, so. glad to have you. Thank you. We'll have you back. We appreciate you. So let me first explain a few things about Medicare. Medicare didn't come into B because government wanted to handle the payment of your health care, even though my philosophy is health care belongs with the government. My philosophy, I'll just say it straight out, is that health care belongs with government. And here's why I believe it. Government is not some crazy entity. Government is we, the people. Now, when you go buy a pizza 
If you don't like what Pizza Hut is selling, you can go to Papa John's. You can go, or you can say, I don't like any of these pizzas. I'm just not going to buy the pizza. I'm going to go ahead and buy me a sandwich. And if the sandwich prices are too high, you'll just go ahead and say, I'll buy me a loaf of bread. I'll buy me some Vienna sausage and some cheese, and I'll make me a Vienna cheese sausage sandwich. I have those choices. These are choices that I can make. Those things belong in the private sector, where I can get a whole ton of different types of pizzas, where I can get a whole ton of different types of sandwiches. That belongs in the private sector. I want a car. Do I want an electric car? Do I want a car that's red, pink, blue? That belongs in the private sector. However, if I'm driving down the road and get into an accident and I break my leg and I break my neck, that does not belong in the private sector. Several reasons, because at that point in time, I don't have a choice. I have to get health care for my neck. I've got to get health care for my arm. So therefore, whoever is going to provide that service can charge me whatever the hell they want to charge me because I am in a state where I'm at a must. Right? And not only that, most of the technology used in healthcare, I repeat, most of the technology used in healthcare was designed and provided to you by research dollars you as a taxpayer already paid for. I know you see all the ads that tell you the reason why we have healthcare or private healthcare and white so high is because research, uh, we have to research and we have to test drugs. Most of that is a lie, a provable lie. Most of these companies, their largest budget is in advertising, is in marketing, is in bonuses. A little bit of that money goes to research and development. Most of the research and development monies generally comes from you, the government, you, your taxpayer dollars. There's not a question about this. There's all a fidgety math that they like to use, but ultimately, we the people, government, pays for that, that drug that Moderna is making a lot of money on for COVID. You know who paid for most of the research on that drug? You did. Your uh, uh, RNA technology didn't appear out of magic a one year after COVID was instantiated by some great company who created this drug. That's not how it happened. Moderna had our mRNA technology that was funded by the government for decades, and, and COVID was a great test case to put it into action. Okay? And the testing of all of that for it and COVID is what occurred at lightning speed. The technology proper did not come at lightning speed. It was developed over decades and decades of research dollars that you paid for. Okay, we're talking about Medicare Advantage, but I need to give 
some background. Okay, now, now, why do I say healthcare belongs with the government? Again, it's because at that point, you don't have choices. And likewise, we already paid for much of this. Now, but we allowed private insurance. The, the politicians were bribed, all of that. We allowed private insurance to take care of these issues. Good. Private insurance meant what? It meant that I am going to take a chance on you paying me a certain amount of money every month, and I'm going to make the bet that you won't get sick or enough of you that are paying me a bunch of money every month won't get sick enough that I have to spend all the money that you pay me in premiums into getting you healthy again. That's what insurance is. It's a company making a bet and you making a bet. You are betting that you are going to get sick and that insurance company is going to pay more than you are paying that insurance company. And that insurance company is making a bet that they are going to pay less for your health care than what you're paying in premium. And in the aggregate, that is exactly what happens. They have actuarial tables that say, if I have a thousand people, about a hundred of them are going to get sick. If I, and that the cost of that hundred is going to be X amount of dollars. I charge more in premium for collecting that X amount of dollars and all of the, whatever I don't pay out to, to get you healthy goes into the pockets of the shareholders of the private insurance company and into bonuses for the executives. That's the insurance, the private insurance model. But there's a funny thing about health. As we get older, we in the aggregate, we get sicker. As we get older, we get sicker. And as we get sicker, it costs more money for us to get healthy. So insurance companies, because they are a profit engine, insurance companies are not there to do a good deed. When, that's why it drives me crazy when somebody says, I love my insurance company. Your insurance company was not designed to make you feel good or to do good by you. Your insurance company was a business model to make money for a few people who own that insurance company or a few executives, even in the nonprofit insurance companies, a few executives who run that company and the bonuses they get for spending less than they take in. All right, because that extra money goes to the shareholders and it goes to the executives. Insurance companies are not there. So you're not there to like your insurance company. You're there to make sure your insurance company pays the bill. Nothing more, nothing less. It's a transaction. There's no love there. But insurance companies decades ago, they realized we can't make money on, on old people. So we don't insure old people. Or if we insure old people, we charge them an arm and a leg. Now steps in the government. We the people. We the people says, now, since the private insurance company won't take care of our old people, you know, the government is always left with the things that are expensive. The government is always left 
with the things that the private sector doesn't want to do or doesn't find profitable or they can't make a good dollar on. So Medicare came into existence. Medicare came into existence and it started out just for old people and then it changed into taking care of more more things. But Medicare came into existence because the private sector would not insure all of you old people because you cost too much and they would have to have a too high a premium and a lot of people would go without paying the premiums and just die. And they want to take your money before you die. Otherwise, there's no money for them to take. So they, they, they let it, they allow it to slide. Let the government take care of people over 65 years old. So they created Medicare. And what Medicare did is Medicare paid 80-20, just like standard insurance companies. You, they, you pay, they pay 80% of the bill. Now, a lot of co companies now, a lot of doctors will just take the 80 and, and they know that people are struggling and they may not take the, tw the, the 20 percent. They may forgive or they may take your house. I'm, I'm kidding, but you get it. 80, 20 is what standard Medicare pay for. And while senators like Bernie Sanders and others have been trying to get Medicare to cover dental uh, a vision and heirs, the private sector paid off senators not to give those services so that they would have a selling point for Medicare Advantage. Let me stop a second. Medicare uh, did not provide those services as baseline. In other words, uh, they gave you great health care. You can go to any doctor. You can have any medicine. You can go to any hospital under standard Medicare. So how is the private sector going to come in now? They see it as a lucrative market. The baby boomers are getting old. That's a bunch of people to insure. Imagine if we could get back into that market. It would be a pana It would be a landslide of money. Okay, and that's what they did. They paid off the government to create Medicare Part C. Let's back up. Medicare Part A, hospitalization. Medicare Part B, doctors, or the reverse, I don't quite remember, is, is given, you, you get that, that, that standard Medicare. Then, of course, you have Medicare Part D, you pay for, for drugs, and, and, and then you get a Medigap to pay the 20%, right? And you have private insurance that would take over that gap for you. And if you get that private insurance at the time that you get Medicare for the first time at 65, they have to give you Medigap and they have to give you Medigap at a, at a reasonable price, what the, co the co current price is for everybody. But here's a kicker. The private sector sees, smells blood. Johnny, I'm coming to you, but I need to finish this narrative. The private sector, the private sector goes ahead and they see money. Oh, how can we scam again? How can we scam again? And they say, uh, wait a minute. I can go ahead and tell the government for every old person, let's categorize them into three. Kind of sick, very sick, extraordinarily sick. And you give me a fixed amount of dollars any one of those, for each one of those people that decide to voluntarily leave 
Medicare standard, meaning traditional Medicare, and come to Medicare Advantage, the private sector insurance. In other words, Medicare Part C, uh, Medicare Advantage, it's not Medicare at all. It is just private insurance paid for by our Medicare dollars. Again, Medicare, standard Medicare, it's paid for by the government and you pay for what you use. Medicare Advantage is private sector healthcare, just like your standard private insurance that always gives you trouble to get healthcare where you have to beg to get healthcare. All right? So they created Medicare Advantage, Medicare Part C. And they charged the government a fixed amount of money for a whole pool of people. So everybody that signed up for Humana, everybody that signed up for Cigna, everybody that under their Medicare Advantage plan, the government is giving them X amount of dollars for each person. That's why you see between now and December 7th, commercials and ads everywhere on TV. They are spending billions of dollars on trying to get you. That shows you how lucrative it is. Billions of dollars to try to get you to leave traditional Medicare to go into private sector healthcare instead, so that they, for each person that they get, they build the government either you being sick, very sick, or very, 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 very sick. And what they try to do is classify you as very, very sick to the government so that they get more money for you. At the same time, they give you the treatment of being somebody not very sick. That's how they make their money. And how do they advertise to you? They go on TV and at, no, at nauseum, they fool you. They first make you believe that Medicare Advantage is Medicare. It is not. That you have all kind of great features with Medicare. It may seem like that at the beginning. Think about this. To get you in there, even buying you groceries. They're giving you club memberships. They'll give you a, a, a stipend to get some groceries. That's not what you want healthcare for. Healthcare is not to get you groceries. Healthcare is just that, healthcare. And because they stopped the government from giving you vision, uh, ears, and dental, they also put that together, but they don't tell you that there's a very small limit to your dental. After a while, you can't, you can't spend over a certain amount. Have you been to a dentist lately? And then they also do the same for your, your ears. I mean, it, it is a racket. It's a scam. Now, there are people who love it because they don't have co-pays. The guy, one of my, my um, good friends who call and says, I love my Medicare. I don't have co-pays. He's doing fine. But here's my brother. He, he eats very, very healthy. He's thin. He's in great shape. He's older. Of course, he doesn't need a lot of coverage. So to him, the little coverage that they give him is great because, again, he stays here in Houston. That's how it is, right? So it works for him because standard Medicare or Medicare Advantage would work for him, right? But for most people, and I'm, when I say most people, that's what I mean. Most people are so programmed that if the insurance company tells me I need this, then I get it. If they tell me I just don't need it, I do without. If my doctor thinks I need a particular service and the insurance company doesn't think so, I am, I'm doomed. I do without. Medicare Advantage then comes. And again, they control 
what doctor you can see, what medicine you can get, how often you can get it. All these things are controlled by them. People always say, I don't want government controlling what I do. The ironic thing is that under standard traditional Medicare, the government controls nothing. Your doctor does. Under Medicare Advantage, some private exec, and now they're using AI to kind of deny you coverage. That's what they're using now, AI, to deny you coverage based on stats and all these kinds of things. So that is the reason why, to the listener, why I I promise you that Medicare Advantage is a scam. If you like it now, wait a few months or wait a few years. Wait till you get an illness worth, uh, worth true insurance, and you'll see what we're talking about when we talk about the fraud that is Medicare Advantage. And remember this, all frauds have honey. All frauds have honey. We have to find a way to entice you to come. We have to try to find a way to indoctrinate you. It is imperative that we do that or else we don't get you. But for every one of you that we get, some salesmen get a bunch of money. The salesperson that's convincing you when you go to your navigator and they tell you, uh, well, you know, this Medicare Advantage plan for your financial situation is better. Da, 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 da. You know, they, they, they convince you. They have a financial reason to convince you to take something that's a fraud, a scam. And you know who pays for it? And you know what? It bankrupts. It bankrupts all of us, whether we are 65 or younger. Because we constantly have to pay more to pass all that money to the advertising that you see on TV every single second of the day. We have to pay all the money to those executives. We have to pay all that money to the shareholders so that they can make a dollar off of you. And we, the taxpayer, subsidize these corporate fiends. It's a fraud. And yes, it works for some. Yes, it works for some, but in the aggregate, it falls on its weight, just like private health insurance right now for most. They either don't have it as if like here in Texas, where it's the highest uninsured rate for people under 65, or it's a fraud on you. So that's the explanation I wanted to give on Medicare Advantage. If, I've, if I was not clear, if I was fuzzy, if I need to uh, clarify something, the phone lines are wide open. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. 
Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media, beholds